Hello, welcome to episode 9 of What's Humble Call Lies and Reruns. I'm Mike Lawson. I used to have a weekly storytelling podcast, but now I'm sharing those stories with you here on the Afterthought Media feed. On this episode, we're going to start with a story called Surely You'll Want to Hear This One. It originally was published on Tuesday, June 26th of 2012, and here it is. Episode 32. Surely you'll want to hear this one. One thing that I've never had trouble with was coming up with something to say. This gift for Gab came rather early for me. Hi, my name's Mike Lawson and I tell what some would call lies. Um, I really love telling stories. I love, I love, telling, I love telling, telling stories. Telling stories. What some would call lies. 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 Vomit. You lying son of a gun. Kind of creepy. Son of a son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. He said. She said. I said. What the hell? Liar, liar, pants on fire. I love your dress. And I'm not making this up. You are a goddamn liar. I'm back, bitches. <laughs> I love telling stories. This podcast is in no particular order. A collection of stories from my life that I retell as accurately as I see fit. I've always been a talker. When I was about four years old, we lived in a crappy apartment in Anaheim, California. And because I was so talkative, I really thrived in the apartment setting. Tons of people were around to listen to me blab. I once told my neighbors that our family was expecting a brother or sister for me. And it wasn't until after my mom's feelings were really hurt that she finally figured out that I was going around telling everyone that she was pregnant. I also spent a lot of time in the apartment of an elderly woman named Shirley. I can't believe that anyone today would trust their children to hang out in the apartment of a stranger. And I'm not saying that my parents were in any way allowing me to do something dangerous or that they weren't protecting me in the way that they should. My mom was actually a little too protective at times. We were normally fed, bathed, and in our pajamas before the sun went down, sometimes complaining from bed that we could hear our friends outside playing. What I'm trying to say is that it was a different time. It wasn't strange that I would walk over to my elderly neighbor's house and hang out for an hour, telling her about what I learned in Sunday school. Shirley was in a wheelchair. She was probably 90, maybe older. And perhaps what I interpreted as patience was actually just her inability to get away from me. But I would sit and gab about the latest apartment gossip. Did you hear Chuck and Barbara got a new car? Or I would show her my Michael Jackson dance moves. Shirley was very kind and very patient. And perhaps it was just a ruse to get me to go away. But I remember many times that Shirley told me to run to her cupboard to go grab a package of half-eaten cookies. I didn't really like those. Will you run those home and give them to your mom? Maybe she'll like them, she'd tell me. Recently, I asked my mom if she remembered Shirley and how I would hang out and read with her. 
Yeah, I remember Shirley, said my mom, laughing. What's so funny? I asked. You would go over there and read her stories from the little coloring books you got at church. <laughs> she had to pause to catch her breath. My mom really found this to be funny. So? I asked. You'd be telling her about how Jesus died for our sins, she said again, pausing to laugh. So, what's the big deal? And you would dance with her, too. This was starting to feel like an episode of The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. People around me were laughing, but I didn't understand what was so funny. Michael, my mom said. Shirley was blind and Jewish. Up next is a story called The Screensaver. Now, both of these stories are really short this week, so this whole little What Some Will Call Lies and Reruns is going to be a short episode because of that. Um, But this episode, uh, The Screensaver, was originally published on Wednesday, July 11th of 2012, and it goes like this. In 2005, I was the director of staffing for a large, youth-serving nonprofit organization. And every year, Cal State Fullerton hosted an event called Nonprofit University, where people like me and other administrators of nonprofit programs would take courses on nonprofit management, eat a box lunch, and then carpool back to the office and talk about how useless most of the classes were. This particular year, I attended a few different courses, but the most useful was titled Hiring, Firing, and Staying Legal. From the session title, you can probably guess what it was about. Hiring, firing, and not breaking the law. My boss, the executive director for the organization, attended the session with me, and the content was really useful and I found it to be engaging and interesting, but it would make for really boring podcast content. The moderator for the session was a young guy a doctor of something, a Cal State Fullerton professor. He taught courses in both HR law and nonprofit management. And his name was Dr. Thomas. At first, I didn't know if Thomas was his last name or if he thought it was a semi-formal salutation, like calling me Mr. Mike or something. But he knew his stuff, and he was a really good presenter. I was entertained the entire time. To present the information, he was using a PowerPoint presentation that was projected onto a big screen in the front of the room. But like most good presenters, he wasn't reading from his slides, and he went off on a lot of tangential conversations with the group. The computer that was hooked up to the projector was a small Mac laptop with a few small stickers on the top. Because of the stickers and a few other things that I'll explain in a minute, I was pretty certain that the laptop belonged to Dr. Thomas himself and wasn't a work computer. After getting through the introductions and session expectations, Dr. Thomas started telling us an anecdotal story about a time when he was working for a large communications company, I think AT&T or something like that, as an assistant HR director. And the story was funny and informative, but also kind of long, and his computer got tired. Dr. Thomas was standing between the audience and the projector, so he didn't notice when his screensaver started up and his screensaver was set to show a slideshow of his photos. We were all looking at a big, 
black elderly Labrador. Someone in the class said, aww, and a few people chuckled. Dr. Thomas turned around and jumped toward the laptop and ran his fingers frantically over the trackpad, waking it up. That was Gracie, he said, and he quickly jumped back into the conversation we were having. The session progressed as it should. We were taught about the importance of documenting small performance issues with employees so it was easier to let them go without getting caught up in any legal drama. And Dr. Thomas had a ton of stories from his professional career to entertain us while demonstrating the points he was making. About 10 minutes after we saw Gracie, Dr. Thomas was again standing in front of his projector and his screensaver switched on. This time we saw a photo of a swimming pool in tropical trees. A man in the front row pointed to the screen to alert Dr. Thomas, who spun around and leaped toward his computer again. Before he could get to it this time, the slideshow progressed to another image. It was the inside of a hotel room. Uh, this is the interior of my hotel room in China, he said, blushing. My boss leaned over to me and said, I don't like where this is headed. After we saw the inside of his hotel room, Dr. Thomas stood right at his computer with his fingers moving back and forth on the trackpad. There was something in that photo folder he did not want us to see. We moved on to discuss hiring practices and other boring HR law issues, all the while Dr. Thomas never took his hands off the computer. It was a bit awkward. What could it be, I wondered. I was totally expecting a dick pic or something totally raunchy or queer, but I could have never imagined the image we would see next. After leaving the computer for a few seconds to pass out some papers, someone in the group asked him a question about not hiring candidates because of clear disabilities that would prevent them from doing the job properly. And as he answered the question with a really long-winded response, he leaned on the table at the front of the room, away from his computer for the first time in about an hour. I stopped listening to what he was saying and started praying for time to pass quickly and for his screensaver to start again. Please, please, please. And sure enough, a photo came on the screen. One woman gasped. Dr. Thomas turned around and said, oh my god. It was a picture of Dr. Thomas in a light purple and seafoam green leotard strapped into a trapeze harness standing on a large net sweaty and smiling. I'm sorry, he said. He ran his fingers over his computer again, waking it up. He looked up to the ceiling and exhaled. Um, what was I saying? He asked. I raised my hand and before I was called on, I said, you were just about to tell us about the time you were wearing a leotard and were strapped into a trapeze harness. Done. Done, done, done. I know that this is a really short episode, but I am cutting it here because I am out of things to share with you on this episode. I've shared two stories, and if you come back to the next episode, I'll share two more. The stories I'm going to share next week are called The Castaway and Dirty Summer. Castaway is about my sister and the relationship I had. She's four years older with, than I am, and um, that created some tension right about... 12 years old for me because she was turning 16 and becoming a woman and dirty summer the other story i'm going to share that's about a time when i used to steal money 
from a job that I had. So come back and hear that story on the next episode of What's I'm Gonna Call Lies in reruns. See you then. Bye-bye. I like to eat pizza.